What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deer Vane Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Allard, and today we have Spencer Stanek, who's the founder of Carta Maps. So, Spencer, why don't you give everybody a bit of background about kind of yourself and then also like what Carta Maps is? For sure. Well, thanks for having me. Super psyched to be on with you today and uh, chat a little bit. So, yeah, Carta is a online mapping platform, um, give people the opportunity to go onto our website, free to use, and build up a map that they want to customize for property, game unit, kind of anything you could possibly imagine. Um, And you can add feature overlays, uh, boundaries, you know, marker points, deer stands, kind of anything you want, turn on hunting units uh, if you're out west. So, Kind of anything you want to do, and what's really cool is that um, you know shows you the map uh, being built up right in front of your eyes, and then you can proof it right away. Don't have to wait any time. Uh, it spins up, shows your proof, and then once you're adjusted and set up, good to go. Make the order. We print it and ship it priority back to you. So try to turn around uh, maps within a week or so to get customers uh, their maps right back to them. So. Uh, yeah, focus kind of, uh, we've got mapping that covers the entire world, but, uh, mainly focusing, uh, on the U S and to some extent Canada as well. And everything from satellite photo type maps blended with, uh, topography or, uh, hill shading type terrain shading features to, uh, public land maps, uh, that are good out West and stuff like that. So, uh, pretty cool, simple, easy, free uh platform to use and we print and ship it out so um yeah we're pretty psyched psyched about it so no uh, it's it's awesome i love i love the i love the whole concept behind it and i have been on that proof maker (laughs) a lot (laughs) yeah that's the beauty is you can uh you know just go on there and you can play all day long you could generate a thousand proofs and never have to buy anything and it's super fun to play around or even just go check out uh your property or somewhere you might be going and and uh, mess around with it. And that's what we like is that um, unlike others kind of in our space where you have to wait a while for them to actually build the map and you're not sure really what you're getting to begin with, uh, we're allowing you to see it immediately and kind of spin up and uh, do it right away. So super cool. Yeah. Feature of that. Def- I, I definitely enjoy that. And for me, like for anybody who listens to me, I run Onyx Maps a lot. Like yeah. just that... Yeah. Uh, that yeah, digital <laughs> capability to run through yeah. it all. But I, for me, I'm just a visual person. So I want to have a print and I want to just like be able to see everything all at once. Because one of the things about Onyx Maps is like you're always, you're only working on it on, you know, your laptop screen or, you know, your phone screen. And that for me is like, just it's just too small that I yeah. need a bigger picture of things. And uh, so I, I love the fact that I can get a big print and just put it on the wall and be able to look at it all in one shot for sure, you know, get a yeah. holistic view of it. Yeah, no, we agree. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I, uh, run Onyx space map, all kinds of, you know, different stuff and, um, certainly see its value and know that it is the, you know, it is the future. It is the current <laughs> right now and <laughs> what people are doing. Um, but you know, to me, that doesn't change. We have a whole lot of customers and a whole lot of response from people saying, you know, they still love a printed product and, uh, you know, to stand around and huddle around a little phone or be in the back country out West and be dependent on your phone or, you know, getting wet or doing whatever, 
Um, we think there's there's always a place for that printed product, whether it's in the field or uh, when you're sitting around the cabin, you know, talking uh, about the day's movement or whatever that might be, or just a really cool art piece on the wall, for that matter, of your property or a place that's special to you. Uh, we find that to be valuable and, and obviously have had customer response that feels the same way. So um, I think there's a place for everything, but we see that print is still a, a valid option. And um, of course, you know, we're not doing the volumes of the Onyx or base map, but at the same rate, it's a, you know, it's a different type of type of game. So, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and one of the, one of the big things about uh, the paper maps is just like you were saying, you, you just have them, you can hand them out, you know, like yep. you, you offer small versions of it too. You don't have yep. to get the 30 by 60 piece, you can yeah, get exactly. small ones. So I, yeah, I'm planning on getting a few of those for one of, for our new property, because uh, we always have people come to the property and check it out and they have no idea where they are the whole time. And I can't exactly. like just give them my phone, you know? So I always yeah. like to, I want to be able to just give them a map and be like, yeah, here's the trails, here's where we are and here's the borders. Don't exactly. go over them because exactly. our neighbors actually like, we don't have any fences on our property and our neighbors are really yep. cool. So they don't care. Um, our four wheel trails actually go, just go across the neighbors and everything. Nobody seems to mind. Um, but at the same time, I want them to know like, yeah, you can't go, oh, you can go over there, but you can't shoot deer over there. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know? Yeah. yeah, no, it's a definitely, I think that's a, that's a valid point and you're lucky to have good neighbors. You know, we've, there's plenty out West out here. You go over the wrong side of the fence, you're, uh, you might get shot, you know? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good, no, I, I did the left side of the fence. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I have had neighbors like that previously. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got those, those fun folk. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's good. And uh, yeah, we're providing everything, you know, multiple sizes from like you talked about that smaller 10 by 15 kind of pocket map to 20 by 30 inches, kind of a standard poster size we run, and then up to 30 by 45 and 40 by 60 inches. And then we're actually uh, have a link on the site. People are doing custom walls and stuff where we can essentially tile out. You could do, you know, your entire wall of your uh, man cave or something uh, and uh, doing stuff like that, big wall murals. And then, um, you know, on the product side, we can do kind of the outdoor waterproof fabric type materials really cool and then standard uh type semi-waterproof papers and uh doing magnetics foam back all kinds of stuff so every option's right there on the map builder and you kind of cater it to exactly what you think you might use it for and need it for yeah that is actually where i first uh where i first saw you guys was on the breaking point show yep. and they had just that giant wall mural which we're starting to build a cabin this year and hopefully it finishes this year. But that is that is definitely uh, on the horizon for us to get that wall mural because that's sure. I think that's just so cool where you can just stand around and look at everything and see exactly. it all. Yeah. 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 Those guys got that out in uh, the Dakotas there and, you know, have the entire county or something up on the wall and are just pointing around, picking stuff out. So, yeah, now this. Those are good guys over at the breaking point, Dylan and Brennan, you know, there's been a great relationship and um, doing really good things. So happy yeah. to be associated with them. <laughs> For sure. 
Um, so one of the other things that uh, I was thinking about with this is, you know, or what I wanted to talk to you about was Carta like makes these maps and mapping generally is really important for, yep. uh, I mean, everybody, everybody wants to see maps, look at them and understand them. And I wanted to cover, cause I know you have a, a vested interest in maps in general, but then you also, uh, you're very, you look at them all the time, you read them all the time and it really helps you people who are just new to hunting understand where like funnels are where pinch points are and all that kind of stuff for sure yeah so i grew up um in wisconsin and grew up hunting southwest wisconsin uh richland county where my dad grew up and um you know he always really instilled in me and that you know that's hill country there um Mm -hmm. and you know understanding those elements understanding the terrain and um how to read it and knowing where you are and the importance of that and understanding and watching and telling me and teaching me to watch, you know, how animals move and what they're doing and how they respond to that terrain. And so, you know, just that general love of the outdoors that he instilled in me and that I enjoyed and kind of combined with that um, element of, you know, the terrain and the, the land and the landscape led me into uh, studying landscape architecture, kind of the design and planning of uh, landscapes in college, went to University of Minnesota to do that. And, uh, you know, got me going with that. And a big part of the landscape architecture and land planning, you know, is mapping and topography and understanding of that and the manipulation of that to create uh, designs and terrain features. So, you know, I kind of early on got that background and that um, um, education in in the terrain and the land and how it related and how to interpret it and then kind of furthered that. And, you know, with that, I got into, I'd always grown up being a, a big alpine skier and uh, after college moved to Colorado where we're based out of now and I live now in uh, Leadville, Colorado, up in the mountains. And I've gotten into the business of actually doing kind of land planning and design for ski resorts. And that's kind of been my first business. And out of that, we uh, really kind of furthered and on a daily basis are working and understanding maps and terrain and things of that nature and and have kind of the high priced geographic information system software and AutoCAD and all this stuff. And figured out how we were making really cool maps for our clients and doing our work and always had this feeling of like, wow, this is such a cool thing that I enjoy and knowing so many people who had a fondness for maps and mapping and thinking, well, you know, there's not a lot of great tools that exist out there that allow, uh, you know, the average person who wants to get a cool map or make a cool map that's unique to them out there right? To, yeah. to be able to do that themselves. And, you know, to get a map or out here out West to get a hunting unit map, you know, you got to find the nearest Cabela's, which could be four hours away or uh, Bass Pro Shop or something or Sportsman's Warehouse to try to go find a unit map. And then when you show up, it's, you know, low sold resolution out. and bad quality <laughs> or sold out or, you know, it's just not that yep. great or isn't waterproof or whatever. And it was kind of like, you know, geez, there seems like a better opportunity to bring this to people. And, you know, kind of around that same time is when 
um, you know, Huntera and others in our space had started up and kind of were doing their thing. And I was a little, was I pursued the business a little deflated in, oh, well, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, I maybe missed the boat on this a little bit and was right. distracted by my other business. And, um, but then kind of had a renewed, you know, energy in that as I looked at it and looked at the way others were doing things and thought, boy, there's a more efficient way to do this. There's a quicker, easier, which uh, becomes cheaper uh, for the for the client or for a customer, you know, to get this stuff. Yeah. Um, by automating it through this online system and kind of putting the time and effort and money into the building the really dynamic map building website that allows it to happen right away. So it's not somebody who's got to sit in a chair and, you know, go build that stuff. So, yeah. so, you know, that's how we were kind of bringing it to the table. And, you know, I've diverted a bit from talking about funnels and, and <laughs> no, land management, up. but we'll get yeah. there. But, you know, I think that <laughs> it's, that's where kind of it came from for me to, you know, get there and understand it and have a love for that and be able to share that with people to get out there, you know? And, um, yeah. Now that's, you, know, you bring that's up a, a great point because one of the things we forgot to mention earlier, or you you just touched on it, is the fact that you can actually draw like when you when you make the maps on your website, uh, you can draw on them. You can draw lines and things so that exactly. you can draw out anything you want, and then then it just gets sent to you. You don't have to worry about what someone else is gonna how someone else is gonna interpret your information exactly. yeah. or how someone is gonna interpret your piece of land. You get to do it all yourself. Exactly. Well, and we see that too, specifically out here out west and the big game units. I mean, they are so big, right? It might be 20 miles long by 10 miles wide. And if you're doing your research and going to live in the area or going to, you know, make a once in a lifetime trip out, you're going to study and you're probably going to realize, hey, I'm going to hunt three or four basins in a a two or three square mile area based out of where you camp, right? And to have Mm -hmm. a whole game management unit map that like you can barely read um, when you could (laughs) just make it for those three basins and turn on a satellite photo with the topo and see where the dark nasty timber is or the willows or the you know open meadows um, really is important and that equally relates to to hunting any hunting endeavor right or a Mm -hmm. midwest whitetail property so you know being able to uh, customize it to exactly what you want you know, really, uh, we think is valuable in, in what we can put out there and do that. And again, you can do that with Onyx, you know, uh, on your phone or um, in any other way. But again, to have that security blanket of having something or to be able to sit around the farmhouse table or wherever you are and throw it out and drink beers and talk about it and point at it. I mean, that's that's how I grew up, right? I mean, we yeah. you're hunting oh, all yeah. day. And you're sitting around with your buddies all night and you're talking about, yeah, I moved here and I saw him there. And, you know, I think he must have come from this way. And where was that? Oh, yeah, by that number two food plot. You know, I mean, that's part of the camaraderie, the experience, the tangible nature of who we are as outdoorsmen, right? Like who we yeah. don't by nature as outdoors people, at least most that I know, you know, love sitting around looking at screens all day, you know? So um, I think that there's (laughs) something that's kind of nostalgic about it too, right? About having it out and 
sitting there and pointing at it and and doing it. So, you know, I think that's a fun point. And um, like you said, you know, the customizing side of it, we um, a couple months ago added in the ability to that uh, on our maps, you can export um, Onyx data or Google Earth data and you can import those KMLs or GPX data right onto your map and drop that stuff right in there on our map builder as well. So pretty cool feature to, if you have collected data digitally um, or built it in Google Earth, you can import that stuff directly into your map. Just click of a button basically on yeah. our on our map. So um, pretty unique uh, features, or you can just click in stuff draw boundaries, draw, you know, add little labels or markers or draw a food plot or add a stand with a ladder icon on it or anything, you know, yeah. possibilities are endless. Yeah. I know the back to kind of everybody sitting around talking, you know, there's a, I, my family's not a hunting family. So I'm the, the first kind of real, like, uh, what I want to say, like addicted hunter yeah. in my family. And uh, the family that I grew up hunting with um, was a, a friend I just met on the bus and they had, I don't know, somewhere between it, it kind of came and went and then came back again, 250 to 400 acres that they could hunt. And uh, they owned about 200 of it. And then the other 200 went to different farmers here and there and they get permission. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yep. But uh, I've always wanted to do something nice for them, you know, as saying like a thank you. And uh, they had this old aerial helicopter map that they had (laughs) from the 2000s. And it was black and white. And it was all like they had put stickers on it over the years. So there was stickiness like all over the place. They never wanted to buy another one because it was a couple hundred dollars just to get that one. And uh, so I was like, man, you know, like I could look into one of these. And to be honest, like I'd never heard of Carta. So yeah. I was looking at the other ones and they were just, they were super expensive. And I was like, man, that's a, you know, $500, $600 gift. Like that's a hell of a gift. Um, and I was trying to figure out something else to get them instead. And then I talked to Dylan and he was like, dude, talk to, talk to Spencer and check out Carta. Cause they're actually reasonably priced. So I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy it. So I bought him one for his, as his wedding gift. I bought a new one for the property him and his wife go out there all the time. And this year went there for deer camp. And that thing was instead of everybody playing Euchre at 8, 8 PM or 9 PM and drinking beers, everybody was sitting around that map. Um, and they had magnetized it and we're just sitting there like moving things Sweet. around and checking stuff out and nice. seeing where everyone was going to go in the morning. And, uh, it was, it was really cool. I mean, that lasted probably 30 minutes before the Euchre game started, Exactly. but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was cool to see like, you know, our, our my gift being used and and uh, everybody really enjoying it. And it was just such an upgrade from a black and white with no topo lines, yep. you know, old vegetation. Yeah. So, so cool. um, no, yeah, yeah. no, that's that's what I mean. It's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, would you guys have all been sitting around a phone or an iPad, you know, to want to <laughs> really look at that? Not really. Right. And I'm sure dad or grandpa. Right. Really doesn't <laughs> want to do that, and uh, no, you know, no, definitely not. They and they it. don't allow they don't allow a TV in the in the cabin, so yeah. <laughs> yep. never allowed to have TV, uh, TV or running water. But that's a good story, though, isn't it? That this year on my way driving from Colorado to 
uh, our property in, in Richland County because, you know, we had talked about when you ordered that map, that property, I had noticed that it wasn't far from where our land is. And yeah. uh, that's the one right where um, I'm driving to deer camp this winter and it's dusk. I've got the kids in the back. They were coming along to, you know, head out to the tree stand a little bit, mostly to hang with grandma. So um, they're in the back. It's just about dusk. I'm getting psyched up because I'm almost there after 16 and 18 hours of driving. And all of a sudden, not far from where I remember that property was, here a doe runs across the road in front of me. And I thought, oh, you know, we're getting into the rut. I was like, oh, keep the eyes open, kids. And it might be, might be a buck around here chasing up, slowed down, kind of stopped, was looking around, nothing. I was like, all right, well, maybe it's just a doe spooked up. Drove a little bit further and looked to my left and out in the field saw, I mean, seriously, a 170 class buck standing out in the field at sunset, majestic. And <laughs> it was just one of those, it was like, got me so psyched to be driving into deer camp. But then I was like, man, this is really close, I think, to where Anthony's got that map for his buddies. And I remember messaging you up uh, saying like, hey, you know, I'm going to send you a pin of where I just saw this beauty buck. And, uh, you know, see if it's anywhere close and turns out, you know, it's a couple miles away or something, but, uh, right. I but I mean, it was only part. a couple miles. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the rut, right? So yep, I know I was that, like, that I... was a beautiful deer. I mean, yeah, I've seen some good bucks, but that was a, I mean, it was one of those and it was like, I do a lot of photography and have a big old zoom lens and stuff. And, um, was just like scrambling as fast as I could to try to like get the camera because the phone <laughs> wouldn't, you know, it was kind of off in the field on the horizon and uh, trying to find it and just get it and put it up. And it was like, it disappears over the horizon, right? It was one of those classic moments of like, not today, you're not going to get a picture. Of it. So, <laughs> there is no proof I exist. <laughs> I know, exactly. So I was like, he probably thinks I'm crazy, but I was serious. It was, it was a beauty, beauty buck. So yeah, like, man, they're like in that they're them. in that area. Yeah, they hide it's in them good, hills, man. <laughs> it's good country for sure. We've had some real good success uh, where we're at. So yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean that brings to the point of you know talking about you know how you can use the mapping and especially um, in hill country and different places for you know understanding where to find animals, how to pattern right, you know what you're mm -hmm. doing with it, and that's what. I think, you know, the maps are good for no matter how you use them, whether it's digital or if it's print map, whatever your game is that, um, you know, it's kind of a year round tool. We see that it's scouting in the off season, right? Trying to figure things out, looking at patterns, you know, being able to identify, like you said, those funnels or pinch points where ridge lines, you know, uh, angles of <laughs> where sun angles are and uh, food sources and water sources that surround you that, you know, may be outside of your kind of initial view of when you're standing in your property, right? And mm -hmm. looking at that big picture and trying to figure it out and putting the puzzle pieces together because, you know, we could talk all day, right, about strategy for, you know, how to set yourself for <laughs> funnels or water sources or pinch points. And, you know, I think you cover that kind of stuff a lot and, and we don't need to go too far there, but I think what the map helps you do is see that stuff more clearly when you look at it from above. And that's what, um, 
you know, with our maps, you can do too, is you can turn on that enhanced terrain feature if you do have some terrain in your property. And for those that aren't good at reading topography or looking at a map, it shades up kind of half the hill to actually bring the flat map into a bit of a 3D type view. It's, you know, not spinning it in sure. a 3D, but it's a, it starts to pull out those terrain features at you a little bit more. And, you know, the design is set up so that you can read a little bit better what you're doing there. So, and I know everyone obviously doesn't hunt hill country and that doesn't negate, you know, what that map can do for finding those features. But, you know, being able to see those patterns and ridge lines and connected ridge lines and how they relate to food sources or pinch points and funnels and bedding areas and where timber's heavier and where it's lighter, all those kinds of things and, and uh, vegetation types, you know, from these aerial maps, the, the quality of the, the imagery is getting pretty darn good to be available for the public the, at this point that you can see some really cool stuff out of it. Yeah, I know. Just looking, I, I like following your Instagram account just because of the stuff that you post um, that you find on, uh, I th like on Veterans Day, I think you posted like uh, an airfield base or something yeah. like that, that you found? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, we're, uh, that's, I think, to me, one of the hidden potentials that doesn't get realized as much. I mean, we've got aerial photos covering the entire world. I mean, you can search up any place in the world you could possibly want to go and, you know, start poking around on the aerial photos and looking at it. And I mean, you know, there's a whole, uh, there's companies out there that do wall murals and photos and stuff like this using aerial photos that's totally targeted just from an art perspective, right? You want to hang yeah. up some cool, you know, you got engaged in the Bahamas or, you know, who the heck knows what it is, you know, yeah. you can make a really cool, or you got a lake cabin, or it doesn't have to be targeted towards hunting. And that's where you know, as our business and you mentioned the Instagram, I mean, we're putting out hunting obviously is our kind of core business and where this originates out of, but, uh, you know, we're doing stuff. We have customer base from mountain biking to skiing, to land management, to purely just, Oh, a map of my ranch to whitetail properties to everything, you know, fishing lake, uh, outfitters in Canada, you know, anything you could imagine, we don't discriminate, you know, it's a maps are useful to any outdoors person. You want to go hike yeah. somewhere or do something, you know, we're trying to build a collection of, um, you know, base maps that people can use. We've got 15 to choose from. It's not just like you're stuck with one aerial photo option if you want to get a map from us. Cause uh, you know, out here in the West, it's, that aerial photo you try to jump to 10 square miles is just going to be a muddy mess for the most part. So we're doing, <laughs> yeah. you know, customized public land maps to uh, old forest service and uh, USGS stuff. That's, you know, again, you come back to that nostalgia. I've got all kinds of people ordering maps that are the classic old style maps just because they're super cool. Right. We've yeah. tiled them all together and now they can add like 3d look to them and, make a poster out of them and hang them on their wall just for something cool of their local area. So, you know, there's so many opportunities. And so we try to highlight that a bit and, um, you know, 
market and get out there to uh, all customers that that could find value in what we're doing because there's certainly a lot of sectors and places we haven't even you know approached yet that that find this to be useful but certainly yeah. like i said oh, you know, hunting for sure is the core for us and that's western big game to midwest whitetail and kind of everything in between that you could find value in it for so yeah just a, a quick side note because you really made me think of something so I used to, I haven't been back there for a while, but we did a Boundary Waters trip every couple of years, my dad and I, and maybe a friend or two. Yep. And that was something that we just had a regular paper map, just, yep. you know, no satellite imagery or anything on it. But man, that would have been so helpful to be able to, <laughs> I should have printed off one of these and then taken that up there because it's so easy to get turned around up in that stuff when, oh, you're, yeah. when you're going around and you're just exploring new areas with China, just like, you know, a standard map with lakes and rivers on it. <laughs> exactly. It's easy. No, to we've, we've definitely put out a few uh, boundary waters maps um, and I <laughs> spent some good time there myself. It's a special place for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, there's great opportunities for that. And that's the cool thing about having the different materials we offer. It's like you said, for your buddies, you got, um, I think like the poster dry erase version or something that has a peel yeah. and stick backing that's great for sitting around the farmer cabin that, you know, they stuck up on something else. We've got the magnetics that kind of say in foams that serve a similar function to that. But then we've got this outdoor map that, you know, but everyone that gets their hands on it just raves about. It's essentially like a fabric material um, that is a woven fabric that's been designed to use for kind of other functions and we figured out that it could be a great use for taking outdoors but i mean i was just out at the western hunting conservation expo uh, a month or so ago and we take one of those things and we put it in a jar of water for the whole time and you just pull it out and you can wring it out and like literally because two with the classic old like map folding on the creases. It's like, wait, which way is this supposed to go? Right. <laughs> and that thing yeah. you can literally just crumple up and throw in your bag or cut your deer up on it or whatever. And, um, it's super light and waterproof and, um, it, you know, a super cool thing. And, and people are loving that one. And that's, that's great for that type of thing. You know, you want to go out boundary waters or get out in the back country deep. Um, no matter if it's raining, you know, just, squeeze it out and stick Good. it back in your bag. So yeah, yes, really cool, cool opportunities. Um, with no, some of this. Yeah, that yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Uh, Especially like you said, when it, when it's raining, just, you know, your standard paper maps that we had in the boundary waters, like yeah. that, you know, it didn't work out well. You know, you just gotta, you gotta huddle over it and hope to God it doesn't get too wet. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. Yeah. There's um, no sense in, uh, having a nice map if the thing's going to fall apart, you know? So, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I've seen good response out of that stuff. And, you know, always too, we're we're one hundred percent behind everything we make. So always, you know, anyone ever has a problem with something something we've put out, we make it right. So nah, good, good deal. Uh so back to like looking at maps and kind of understanding <laughs> them a little bit. One of the ways, so when I'm mapping out a, a new property and I'm trying to find a new place to hunt, or I'm overviewing one. When I first start out, and I want to hear how you do this, but I generally will start out with a topo and try to drop pins or markers or, or take a look at it at a topo level and figure out where I think deer or 
or elk or whatever I'm looking at. I don't do a whole lot of elk hunting, so don't listen to anything I say about elk hunting. <laughs> um, but, uh, but when I do that, I like try to start with a topo so I can generally see what's where I think animals are going to be. And then I swap flop over to the satellite and I'll check that out too, to make sure they correspond properly with like vegetation and edges. So you got your fields and, you know, and all your, all your, you know, mature timber, your new growth timber, and you're just, you know, your scrub or your swamps and whatever. And then I try to see where those match up. And then after I do that, I, I, I get to walk in and boots on the ground. Do you generally have the same or how do you go about it? Yeah, I would, uh, you know, tend to agree in that process. Um, you know, I'm usually or looking at it and we have the option where we're blending the topo with the photo so we can kind of, you know, combine those two steps in one. But yeah, to me, understanding the terrain, like you said, you know, out here in the Western world with the mountains and stuff, that's a much bigger player, (laughs) certainly uh, with the topo and the ridgelines and whatnot. But uh, again, if you're in uh, hill country, Wisconsin, or, um, Ohio or, you know, any place uh, where that exists in the whitetail world, that's relevant too, because, you know, that the terrain, um, unquestionably drives animal movement. Right. And it, it looks at, uh, you know, where they want to be, you know, those animals want to be advantage point. They want to be high up. They want to have escape routes. They want to, do all those things. And by looking at that topo and seeing those pockets, seeing those escape routes, seeing those ridge lines, those overlooks, you know, that's a critical step to understanding a, you know, where do those animals live, right? Where are they going to want to live? Because that's your first step when you're going to get out there, right? Is what's, what's my entry and exit to this? Yeah. Thing? yeah. Because that's a whitetail property or that's a, I got to get in on these animals or I got to get to a glassing spot um, uh, when you're, when you're out West and in big game world. So, you know, that absolutely for me, um, is critical in what you're doing as a first step, you know, try to identify terrain features and, uh, locations and, and vegetation types, because again, and a lot of people listening, I'm sure, uh, you know, are saying, well, this is irrelevant. I'm on a pancake flat piece of land and <laughs> wherever, you know, Northern Wisconsin or something. So, um, you know, but that's still relevant to understand what is that vegetation? Where's edges? Where's fields? Where's water? You know, yeah. where do I have access? How, where am I screened on my movement? Um, those are all the the kind of things that people need to be looking at. And, and again, I, I would argue that being able to put your whole piece of property and see the four neighbors around you on the map too, or part of their edge properties of yours gives you that bigger picture because that lunar buck that might be out there during the rut, that's going to happen to maybe wander by or pattern by or chase a doe might not be living on your property or your 40 acres or your, you know, public land yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, they might be living yep. somewhere else, but, you know, seeing and being able to look at that on the big picture uh, is an asset to understand, you know, what your opportunities are and then to land manage properly such that you're retaining does on your property for them to be interested, but not creating a block 
Um, you know, right. don't create clear cuts or natural screens to allow that movement to change. Equally, you can look at that from knowing that, you know, the other neighbors brown and down and that, you know, you do want to do everything you can to try to block movement and, and land manage your property and design it to, um, <laughs> you know, keeping the movement and pattern and animals living on your property. Because if you got the does on your whitetail property and you give them good habitat there, well, during the rut, those bucks are going to be there, you know, even if they're yeah. not there on the cameras day to day. I mean, we see that on our property all the time. So, yeah. um, so I think getting that big picture and understanding the bigger picture that where animals are might be living or moving or out on the tip of a ridge that's just off your property um, gives you that oversight and helps set you up for success in doing that. And that's what we see with our land management uh, consultant partners that we work with and how they approach properties. I mean, it's, it's the same game. So get that big picture overview and try to understand and start drawing out kind of those things. And it's like a puzzle. All the pieces start to fall into place. Yeah. You brought up a lot of, a lot of points that I want to, that I want to cover right there. So the first one is that uh, a podcast I just released uh, this morning was with a guy named Matt Spetz. And he's, for lack of a better term, he's a deer killing consultant. And yep. he was going over how he helps customers pick leases. You know, they'll send yep. him four or five leases. And he says the one of the biggest problems that I have is they'll only send me uh, a image of the lease land itself. They won't give me anything of the surrounding. And that's, he goes, the surrounding land is just as important as your land because you want to be able to see what's all happening on everybody else's property. And you could have a premium property that looks awesome. And then all the edges are surrounded by houses. Well, it's probably, you know, it could be pretty poorly then, you know, yeah. or he was saying the best piece he ever hunted was a 60 acre piece that no one really wanted. Um, and it was a terrible kind of entry and exit route. It was, there were a lot of things wrong with it, but it was the, the X marks the spot for all the funnels in the area. Yep. You know, everybody else hunted everywhere else and all the deer would funnel through his property. So, and I also say that as well on Instagram, I'll get messages from new hunters, um, a, a few times a year and they'll send me just a picture of their property and you can't really tell everything you need to know about where to hunt, where to sit, where to try and where to glass um, or where to scout hunt in just the, the image of your own property. Looking at that holistic approach, like what you're saying is very important. And uh, one of the things that that really helped me learn that and really just like, you know, gave me a light bulb a few years back was I would I never really did this prior. But then one time I did, I, there was a, a buck that came in. I was hunting some public land buck that came in off the private came into the public and then moved through the public and back to the private. And I saw him the whole way at about 70 yards and he was on the public for about a hundred yards and then took, then got off. And I was like, man, what, what is, why, why would he go there? I never thought anything of it. Like I would never want to hunt there. It didn't look like a good spot. There were no major tracks, trails or anything. And then I went back and pulled up a satellite map and checked it out. And it just, it was a natural 
line funnel that I just didn't see in person, but you can see it from an aerial kind of around a Creek and it follows a vegetation line and he's just on the public for that hundred yards. Then he's back on the private. And, uh, and what that, what the big lesson there was, I always like, whenever I see deer, I always analyze where they came from and where they went to post hunt via satellite or and topographic maps so i can understand that movement and why they're going from one place to another absolutely yeah no i think that um now's right you're right it's it's a huge thing and i think on your last point there you know i think there's value too and that's the where the map comes in from the off-season perspective right the record keeping the understanding knowing where things moved each year we keep a log every year kind of of uh where the good good bucks we saw were and how they moved and what they did and you know you start to see those patterns and in the bigger picture of what you're talking about i mean those animals out there are out there they they're not looking a map of where the property line is they don't (laughs) care about property lines you know they they're they're moving on a basis of pressure of habitat you know food water cover uh, where the hot does are, whatever that is. And, you know, it doesn't matter where the line is to them. Right. And so <laughs> right. that's why I think you've got to look at it that way. And it's important to look at it that way. And then it's, you know, if you are fortunate to have private land that you control, it's how do you, uh, design that land, so to speak, or manage that land to, try to attract them in or attract the does at least to, to have habitat there and not overpressure it and, you know, do the right things and give them food and water sources beyond what they may have available naturally to do that um, side of things. But, um, you know, as far as that, that big buck goes, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't care and he's not gonna, you know, he's going to move very carefully through that at strategic times or you never see him. I mean, it's, it's like by our property. We know we've got a booner that lives just off of our property, off on a point that's impossible to get to, that's next to a river, swampy river bottom out there, you know, and it's just the, we play the hope over the past couple of years that we can get him and, you know, we see him occasionally on the cameras and stuff, but that we can get him to move during the rut, you know, at the right time, because we are, we do have the good habitat for the does on our property that they're living there that he's going to go where the does are right right Um, so you know it's one of those that and we try to set up accordingly to you know pattern that if we can get him to move at the right time not that obviously during the rut there's much patterning that happens (laughs) a lot of the time (laughs) right uh, yeah you know but it's the same thing And, and seeing that and knowing that and thinking about all those things it's it's kind of the the same story. So yeah, I would definitely agree and, um, see it to be important that you're thinking about a bigger picture than your 20 or 40 or 400 acres. So, right. Yeah, no. And, uh, to your, to your kind of point there, you know, getting that buck to move in into your property. One of the things that, that brought up in my mind was, uh, kind of using topography as pinch points versus vegetation. And, you know, cause sometimes topography can be that pinch point that you need. Like on current property that I have, it's just, you know, big cliff sides 
and they're not just like little rocky outcrops. They're like 30 foot, you know, 20 yep. foot cliffs. Yeah, we got that limestone kind of. Yeah. Stuff yep. And you know, the, either the deer are on top of that or on the bottom. It's one or the other. Exactly. So you get a 50, 50 chance if they're coming through the area. So yep. that's something that I've really honed in on. But then we also have the, uh, the vegetation, uh, funnels, which are kind of a egg fields, tree lines, and uh, like fence rows where the deer really like to travel in that, you know, little bit thicker vegetation rather than through the open field. And that funnels them, you know, back and forth to certain areas on our on our property. And both those like coexist without each other. But then you can also have, you know, a topographic and a set and a vegetational. I, yep. what, I forget what they're called, but both yep. those funnels, when they come together, yep. are seem to be like just a premium. <laughs> for sure no we saw that uh we've seen it the past couple of years but had a nice buck this year that we passed on that we were watching and you know we figured out the same thing we finally figured out because with you know the wet year the corn was still on during um early november rut in wisconsin while we were bow hunting that he was held up in a cornfield and, you know, he would move late day um, into our property and up into we're kind of have, you know, some land that's on the front side of a ridge, but then most of our lands on the back side of the ridge and the does are mostly in the land on the back side of the ridge because it's secluded and a couple of, you know, bigger, um, bigger kind of bulls back in there. And you know, he was living in that corn and just before dark, he'd come, you know, crashing out of there and he would go right up a little draw in the terrain and pattern right up along one of those steep edges and then drop in the backside. And he followed that pattern every time. And because he had, you know, good vegetation cover there, he had that terrain kind of funnel where he wasn't seen. And, you know, again, it was, he was coming from the <laughs> live-in food source, basically. And his yeah. only desire to go out was for some action. So, um, <laughs> you know, right. we were able to, you know, look at that and see that and kind of figure out what we thought that pattern was because we knew it was in the area and then saw him kind of near that corn and, you know, did get in range of him and decided to pass. But, you know, was one of those that... Um, that proved itself right there of kind of reading that, that effect of, you know, where the food source was and, and cover from the food source, right? Yeah. Uh, the corn that was still standing and then how he used terrain and cover to move into the property as well. And, um, you know, we see that all the time from the little ridges and draws that, you know, we'll see those bucks and have the spot set up where we know they're coming from bedding areas and they'll come to the edge of one of those kind of open draws in the forest where it's timbered, but it's pretty open timber, you know, a couple hundred yards of visibility. And yeah. they will work down the edge of that little ridge line and they will pause and we've kind of set up at where we know those pause points are. And they will, you know, stop and they'll scan that whole little valley that they're about to cross because it's open and it's wide and they're going to be seen, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, even if they're chasing or doing something, unless they're, you know, full go mode, they're always kind of keeping those same patterns. I mean, those big smart bucks, they're not stupid and they know how to play it. They know how to bed up on those little 
overlook points and use vegetation and cover and ridge lines to, you know, see where your entry and exit is. They know if you go, especially if you're the type that's blazing in on a four wheeler or something. I mean, right. <laughs> doesn't take much at when the four wheeler comes blazing at five thirty in the morning that they know to head for the hills, right? So right, yeah, uh, don't go that way. <laughs> exactly. So that's where it's so important to read that stuff and then also plan that, you know, those exit and entry strategies on how you're doing that. And, um, you know, so you can work through there maybe while they're not bedded early and uh, then be positioned well to catch them back through those funnels when they're coming from feeder cover to yeah. a bed point. So, yeah, using that, using the, I have definitely used um, maps to plan entry and exit routes based on where if I can figure out like in the off season. So right now I'm really trying to dial in on where I think the deer are betting and I've got to okay. kind of narrow down to, you know, uh, three or four kind of, you know, one to three acre chunks. Like, okay, they're betting somewhere in here. Knowing that, how can I use the topography and the landscape and vegetation to exit and enter without making noise, without being seen and without being smelt. Like how yeah. can I make that work? And, uh, and that's kind of a, a lot of what my off season is, is planning those out and using, you know, when you're, when you're trying to figure that out, you're like, this is kind of where I want to set up. How am I going to get here? And just like pouring over a map and really understanding yep. what's going on on that property and how you could use it based on certain wind directions. And then I can say, all right, I need a Southwest. When I'm in the stand, I need a Northwest wind to hunt it. And because of that, I need to find a way to get in there. That's conducive to a Northwest wind. If I can't, then I can't hunt that stand. Like yep. it's just, it's not worth it. Cause I'm just going to get in there and blow deer out or they're going to know I'm coming or whatever it is. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, you bring up a huge point that I, you know, didn't mention with the wind and looking at that and playing that you know, and that has a lot of variables with small little micro <laughs> environments, right. Of how yeah. swirls yep. and spots and stuff, but you know, it is a huge thing. And I think all that plays in and, you know, again, it's, I don't think I'm here, you're here. Anyone's going to believe that, you know, having a map or looking at the maps, secure all, you know, spending time on your property and yeah. boots on the ground and learning it and seeing it and watching it and, you know, seeing how that buck moved from private to public, you know, that there's, there's no, there's no, um, substitute, right. For no, that real right. life time and world and being out there and, uh, you know, seeing how, when you're in the stand, the actually the wind is swirling back on you, even though it's Northwest prevalent, you know, it, whatever it is, <laughs> yep. right. Um, you know, you can't, you can't plan for all those variables, but I think obviously when you start to, you know, tick off those variables that you can control, um, by good planning, you, you know, you, you can enhance your opportunity for right. success again. Yeah. The, that. <laughs> that, that booner buck that might run by once in a lifetime, you know, it, it's which way the doe decided to run. Right. I mean, you can't, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. and of course, everyone's trying to, trying to get good animals living on their property, around their property, doing everything they can, you know, but you, you just can't, you can't change nature, right? And you can do the best you can through proper land management and giving the right habitat and environment and 
reading the land well and setting yourself up for success. And I think that's where the map, you know, adds value and adds a tool to contribute to that. But we all know at the end of the day, you know, there's only so much percentage you can do to uh, control nature, right? That's that's <laughs> out of our hands. Right. So. No, but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to play and look at it and spend the time doing it. You know, I think that we all enjoy that. It's a when anything's your passion, whether it's hunting or uh, whatever, or fishing or whatever you might be into, and it's deer or turkeys or uh, bighorn sheep. You know, I mean, that's part of the whole experience. I mean, it culminates right in the two weeks of the rut or the spring turkey season or whatever it is for that time. But that doesn't mean that you know we don't want to shut it off the rest of the year. Right. right. It's, it's yeah. fun. Right. Enjoy it. We enjoy, I enjoy calling up my dad and, you know, seeing if he found any sheds and is there still any cameras of the 150 buck we saw last year that might be a real nice one next year. And, you know, I mean, that's part of it all. And it's back again to that camaraderie, the, you know, the experience of it all, the enjoyment that we get from it. And, to me, one of the ways to manifest that is, you know, is dropping that map out on the table and playing and looking at it and thinking about this and what about that. And then you go out for a drive and the spotting scope or binos and, you know, see what's doing. And, you know, that doesn't matter if that's a whitetail property or, you know, out here out west. I'd spend, you know, the entire spring kind of now, you know, seeing where those elk are moving to at each time of the year and where they are in the summer with the spotter and oh they're up in a new basin over there and boy if I were to hunt them up there if I happened to draw that unit uh, you know how would I go hunt them and you know where would I glass from and how would I get in on them and play the wind and you know that's part of the fun of it all so yeah. I think that's an exciting aspect of what the map can can help with and help bring you and and your toolkit, right. Of, uh, how you're getting out there to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say the, the biggest way I could say that or to sum all that up is like, just having a map, like really shortens your learning curve. Yep. Right. Um, or is it increases your learning curve? I don't know, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, just having that just really helps you, you know, learn everything a lot faster and analyze it a lot quicker than only yeah. boots on the ground and only exactly. uh, only what you know. And it also gives you a starting point too. you know, analyzing a map before you go to a property will at least give you a place to, to start rather than just starting at the trailhead and going, all right, here I go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it helps. Uh, Helps get you moving in the right direction, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we, I think we beat that one. Beat yeah. that horse. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, aside from, from all, all that, um, we're rolling up on an hour here and I know, I know you're a busy man. You got other things to do tonight, but, uh, but what do you got going on? What, like, what's next for, for Carter maps? Do you have any like new partnerships, new capabilities, new things that you're looking at that, uh, that you're excited about? Yeah. So we're, you know, I feel like, uh, I try to live in the spirit of innovation a little bit and, you know, figuring out what more can we do? What more can we offer? How can we do it? Um, 
you know, that to me always starts with, though, we're relatively young, been out two or three years kind of with what we're doing and feel like there's constant improvement of, you know, our offering and products, you know, from that we're building custom, you know, base map styles that show public lands and, you know, working further into Alaska and <laughs> Canada or, sure. you know, different places. So, you know, making sure the offering we can put out there, um, you know, gets as broad as we can be to uh, as many of the right people um, we want to or we can be and getting them good stuff so that, you know, again, it's not hyper-focused in one environment. So continuing just to, you know, build on that kind of stuff, we've had a lot of demand for kind of some level of off-the-shelf uh, Western hunting unit map stuff and, you know, just seeing from the products that are publicly available, like I mentioned, at Cabela's or places like that, you know, certainly think we could expand into some level of off-the-shelf stuff for that. Um, you know, sure. that's just uh, purchasing whatnot. So, you know, expanding some of those opportunities and seeing what we can do with that. Um, we continue to kind of grow our uh, pro partner network of, you know, been fairly selective and trying to work with uh, the right outfitters uh, and the right land managers and stuff like that. We've kind of been hooked up with um, Tony LaPratt with uh, out of Michigan, who does some land management and providing him and his customer base, um, you know, a package product. Uh, I've been in discussions with Jeff Sturgis at Whitetail Habitat Solutions for sure. how we might expand our relationship there and things like that. So I think there's, you know, some good partnerships selectively there of people we believe in their products or their capabilities, um, whether they're guides or or pros or um, land managers that, you know, we see that they're doing the right things, telling people the right things. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've had some exploratory discussions with actually some of the, um, you know, app-based uh, digital platforms. Oh, okay. They're only running that to uh, looking at options where their customers could then, you know, have an area that they explore or, uh, you know, through the app, there could be a uh, get this map printed um, option coming out of the digital platforms as well. So, sure. um, you know, nothing that would be awesome. locked in or secure um, on that front, but, you know, some interesting opportunities there with that. So, you know, yeah. feel like kind of pushed our limits and kind of run through every map material choice we can, you know, find and figure out and, you know, don't see huge changes in, in that type of stuff um, with the, the, you know, physical product lineup, but, you know, growing the, growing the product and the uh, outlet and just, you know, getting out there to more people and letting them know that compared to what they might know about from a print product that, We've got what we believe to be a um, easier, quicker, cheaper, faster, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, with equally or higher uh, uh, quality, you know, than they might have seen before. And that, um, you know, we're we're out there doing it. So. Yeah. I mean, you have enough. I will say you have enough options to choose from for the type of map that you want to look at. I'm I'm in the I'm in the map creator right now and there's like nine, nine, ten, twelve different types of maps you can yep. pick. 
Yep. <laughs> so I will yep. say that. But man, if you guys, if you could partner with some of the digital, like that would be, I think that would be really cool. So, you know, for instance, I run Onyx and if I could just click create a print um, of where all my waypoints are already, where everything already is, and I can just print that and I can pick yep. the size and just click it, you know, for especially sure. for people who have uh properties that are kind of like you know set or they print um an outfitter could print it every year you know yeah. they set all the tree stands and then they go here's the map and they just hand it to a client and go you know you're going to stand 14 which is right here yep you know that's yeah i think yeah that would be yeah cool. it's an interesting and don't forget you can export your onyx waypoints and import them to our map um as a reminder yep. but um <laughs> Currently. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a um, it's an interesting, you know, it's almost semi conflict of interest, right? From a digital yeah. platform and a print platform, right? There's a core business in what they're doing. There's a core business in what we're doing. But, you know, I think there is some uh, out there that, you know, been talking to that have a, um, you know, see a bigger picture in life, right? Then we don't have to be competitors. We can be friends. And it's like I said, I, I use Onyx maps. I use base map. I, you know, use yeah. <laughs> hunt wise, you know, I mean, there's, there's all these things out there that, you know, people are doing and it doesn't mean you've got to replace one with the other. And obviously you, you don't wait. Are you, are you telling me you can't wear Sidka and also first light? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh man like i yeah i find it so baffling you know and people are you know we're all hunters and people want to like pick sides even within the hunting community like we're small enough as it is just you know be be nice to each other i don't know why like you know you gotta like matthews archer's got a bash hoyt or you know sitka's got a bass first light exactly. or even i mean you know i saddle hunt and I get like when people hear I saddle hunt, they're like, oh, you don't need to tell me about it. I know what it is. It's a diaper in the tree. It's fine. <laughs> but I don't you don't you don't right. need to tell me about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty bad stigma. And I think even the saddle hunters that I talk to, a lot of them are fit that stigma. And I'm just like, why? Why do you guys beat everyone over the head with this? It's just yeah. it's it's a different type of tree stand. Like, that's all it is. It's nothing special. It's just yeah. a different type of tree stand. No, I, uh, I agree with you. I mean, to me, we're all out there loving the same things, right? Loving the outdoors, loving hunting, yeah. whatever your, your game is. And, you know, Hey, to each his own on how he wants to go about it. And as long as, uh, you know, keeping it positive and, and, um, you know, keeping together, we got enough, yeah. uh, animosity in the world going on that you know doesn't seem necessary that we can't all uh can't all get along so right it yeah. seems like seems like people should be able to play nice together so we we see that way and uh think there's opportunities you know for that and we'll see where that goes it's a you know it's a um getting past that you know from a digital print kind of collaboration viewpoint and there's also an extremely technically difficult, you know, side of it as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, is a big undertaking. So see where that goes and hope maybe something like that plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, for now, just trying to do what we do uh, well and um, keep, uh, you know, getting it out there and, and uh, letting people know and 
uh, try to do what we can. So. All right. Well, uh, appreciate having you on. Um, what, uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah. So the website is cardamaps.com. And, uh, from there you can kind of learn about the different stuff, but the, you know, direct link is right there on the homepage to create a map. Um, and that brings you right to the map builder where, uh, you kind of just go to town on clicking options and you dynamically are seeing what's going on, seeing what your price is going to be at the bottom. And then once you feel ready, spin up a proof and check it out. If uh, you're good with it, then hit the card. If not, back on out and readjust it or do what you want or walk away. And um, that's that's the main route to getting product is cardamaps.com. Carta is with a K, K-A-R-T-A, maps.com. <laughs> And um, then on the social channels, it's Carta Custom Maps um, is okay. the up to social. So Yeah, I'll throw a link in the podcast notes on that awesome. for that one as well. Yeah, um, we... Carta with a K. <laughs> Do people get that? I mean, isn't a cartographer well, with a C? Cartographers with a C. It's kind of yeah. language okay. based. We've taken Carta as... Um, uh, Scandinavian word for map, um, okay. and you know, just with some connections there, had have kind of taken that. But yeah, depending on where you are in the world, um, you know, uh, there are cartas and carts with a C that you know can relate to maps. So sure. um, yeah, just to clarify that's with a K. So <laughs> card of maps, and um, yeah, jump on there, follow right. us along. We. Uh, once in a while, run some specials and different things. So um, keep your eye out for that and follow along. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Spencer. Really appreciate it. And, thanks for uh, talking. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Oh, just real quick. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, go find Spencer. Tell him that you really enjoyed this, that you heard it here. And then also, if you do have Spotify or iTunes, please leave me a review or any podcast host i guess please read me leave me a review let me know what you think and uh we'll go from there <laughs> all right catch you guys later